As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Yep. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman and Matt Weaver of Peaks.com. Uh, we're coming to you after or technically during the transfer uh, visit window and things like that it has been a big week, a uh, big weekend for Indiana football in terms of getting transfers in and committed and signed uh, to join the program. Uh, but first, I want to talk about one of our new sponsors. Uh, only so many Saturdays. Uh, we are a football only website and podcast, and uh, we love college football season. Sadly, it ended last night in a beatdown of TCU, but the shirt still counts. It is the greatest catchphrase in the history of college football. Uh, According to uh, Saturdayscount.com, they make T-shirts, they sell them, they're fantastic. Uh, There are only so many Saturdays, make them count. Uh, That goes for, you know, you can wear it to to your friends who have uh, fall weddings um, and and show them that, that that's not okay. Family events scheduled on Saturdays in the fall. Basically anything to show that college football matters on Saturdays. They have shirts with the colors of all the power fives. Uh, They range between $19.99 and $26.99. And um, there is a discount code for Hoosier Huddle that will get you 30% off your order. Uh, It is HH1. That is HH and the number one. Uh, I ordered some shirts. They're fantastic. Great to work out in. Great to wear any time of year uh, to let people know that you're a college football fan. So thank you for them uh, for for reaching out. And uh, hopefully uh, you football fans or football fans listening to this, go out, get your friends who are having fall weddings this shirt. And, um, you know, maybe they'll change their mind. But uh, we'll see. Anyway, let's get on to recruiting. Big recruiting, uh, you know, week and uh, weekend going into Monday yesterday. Uh, Indiana now has 13 transfers uh, it, um, coming in, and it seemed like, uh, you know, a good more than a handful, a couple handfuls came in uh, this weekend. Matt, I wanted to ask you, uh, how successful was this, you know, from Friday up until yesterday for for Indiana football? Well, I mean, if you go by, um, you know, the guys they brought in and, and their hit percentage as far as commitments, it was a really good week, our weekend. I mean, I guess it was kind of a little bit more than the weekend because they started on Wednesday, went to, to Sunday. But, um, I mean, they got almost every guy that they brought in. Um, and, you know, it's that's that's doesn't usually happen that way. I mean, you wish it would, but it. You know, a lot of times, I mean, if you can probably get about half to maybe 60%, that's a good weekend, and, and they were above that. So, um, you know, obviously, these are guys they wanted, they offered, they brought them in. Um, and and like I said, their, uh, their uh, you know, closing percentage was very good as far as 
you know, landing a lot of these guys. There's a, there's one or two that they didn't get. I mean, one was um, the running back from Wisconsin, Isaac uh, Guerrero. I think that's how you say it. Um, but I was told that after they got um, Christian Turner, there wasn't a spot for another transfer running back. So he actually committed to Louisville today. Um, would have been a nice ad, but I understand. I mean, you're kind of um, you're getting close on numbers, and, and adding another older running back makes the uh, that position group kind of top heavy. Um, Ov Ogahufu, I, I hope that I said that right from Texas, a guy that they would probably really like to get. He was really productive down at Texas. Started at Notre Dame. Um, I'm hearing he's probably going to LSU because of NIL money, um, which you know I get it. One year left of college, you know, if you can get some money and get paid, then then go for it. And then um, still waiting on Joshua Rudolph, the uh, linebacker from Austin P. I've heard Indiana's in great shape, but so far he hasn't announced anything that I've seen. So, um, but I won't be surprised if he also ends up joining the class. It, it seems that all these guys are at a position of need uh, for Indiana. You get uh, Kobe Miner, who played at Texas Tech at safety. Uh, his brother, Daryl Miner from UTEP at, at linebacker, uh, Philip Blitty, uh, defensive, uh, defensive lineman, Marcus Burris, another defensive lineman. Uh, the guy who kind of was off the radar for me was Jacob Magnum for, uh, Ferrara, linebacker from Stanford. You got another linebacker and, and Linnell Carr. Um, and probably my favorite of the class is Dequeese Carter from Fordham. Not only is, uh, coming from the Bronx um, and Fordham is the alma mater of Vince Lombardi and several other uh, fantastic football legends uh, in, in that area. But I think he fits in with Emory Simmons going to the portal. I think he fits in well there. He had over 3000 yards in his career at Fordham. He, he just looks like he could produce and um, coming from the FCS level up to, to the big 10, he might have that, that camp camper effect where you're going to go out and you work hard and you're going to prove that you belong here. Um, and then you also get EJ Williams uh, at wide receiver. Uh, and as you say, Christian Turner at running back did. How impactful is this transfer class going to be uh, for IU? Well, I mean, obviously time will kind of tell on that. I, I'm with you. The guy that really intrigues me is Dequeese Carter from Fordham. I like those guys who come from a lower level, um, who've been very productive at that level. And, you know, they probably got a little bit of chip on their shoulder. I mean, obviously a guy they didn't get this week, but they got earlier, Andre Carter from Western Michigan is a little bit similar. Obviously he was a D1 player at Western Michigan, but a lower level, very, very productive at that level. And I think he's going to come to Indiana and be, and be really productive as well. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm with you. The um, uh, Jacob Magnum uh, Farrar, that was kind of out of left field a little bit. I mean, I hadn't heard his name much. Um, he's a big guy, 6'4", 235. He's played, obviously, uh, at the, in the Pac-12, so it'll be interesting. I would assume he'll be a Mike linebacker, um, but I'm not exactly sure on that. We'll see. E.J. Williams is a highly rated guy, and he, his freshman year, he looked like he had a chance to be you know, pretty good, and he just kind of – I think he might have had some injuries or I don't know, some things happened there at Clemson, which happens a lot of times at a big school. You know, I'm not saying maybe he was overrated, but sometimes at those big schools, if a guy gets banged up or falls behind a guy, you can kind of get lost in the shuffle. And it's real easy for that to happen. And then Marcus Burris is intriguing because he's another really highly rated guy at AM. And, you know, uh, not to say he, he he's going to be great, but he obviously has the, the, the pedigree coming out of high school. 
and AM, you know, to be fair, has been a little bit of a mess the last couple of years. They've had a lot of a lot of turnover uh, in that program. I think they're one of the highest as far as portal guys, um, you know, going into the portal. So, you know, they, they've got guys with potential. We'll see if they can get, you know, that was how it was with the Ole Miss guys, the two D linemen, you know, um, Ladarius Cox and Patrick Lewis, Lucas, I'm sorry. And I thought, I thought both guys as the year went along, I thought Cox a little bit better, but I thought they started to play better. I thought they were solid rotational guys. Were they difference makers? Probably not, but they were guys that you could play that you could plug in there in a, in a big 10 game and they would be productive and hold their own. I think probably a lot of these guys are going to be that way. Hopefully a couple of them, you know, can be guys, you know, can be like a camp camp or come in and make an impact. Um, you know, maybe Christian Turner can come in and be, you know, you know, I thought Josh Henderson had a nice impact last year for IU. Maybe he can come in and kind of, you know, have that kind of impact. So I think it's a solid group as far as the impact we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I, I think these are guys that let's put it this way. I think what Indiana brought in is as good or better than what, than what left for the most part. I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, I think I don't think there's been any talent drop off from what they brought in. We'll see if the production follows. Uh, speak of Texas A&M being being a mess. Bobby Petrino uh, left the job at New Mexico State or New Mexico. He was there for three weeks. He probably didn't know the name of the school either. Uh, going <laughs> to Texas A&M, it's him, DJ Durkin, and Jimbo Fisher. Uh, that is going to be an absolute circus and College Station uh, next year. Uh, but they'll, you know, they're the SEC. They play in Texas. They'll be in the top 25. Uh, no questions asked next year. Uh, Matt, I wanted to go uh, the question on everybody's mind. What's IU doing at quarterback? They've, um, it seems like they've been playing everything very, very close to the vest. Um, have you heard anything? Is there, is there a quarterback coming in? Or is, is this like we talked about on signing day? maybe uh, talk to Donovan McCulley about, uh, hey, we, we, we might need you to play, uh, go back to quarterback for, for this year. Well, I'm sure by now most people have seen the, uh, and I can't remember the Twitter account that, you know, predicted Dequeese Carter was going to commit to IU and he did. And then they, they uh, around the same time, they made a prediction about Oregon State quarterback Chance Nolan. I have heard that he is, he is a target for IU. Um, I, I think there's some things that have to be worked through, um, you know, as far as getting him uh, to IU. I think the, the, the interest seems to be mutual. Um, I know some people on our site were saying he visited this past weekend. I'm not exactly sure if that happened, but if he didn't, I would, I would think a visit. Now, the dead period ends Thursday. Coaches can go back out Friday, and guys can start visiting this upcoming weekend, like official visits again. And you've only got a couple of them because signing day this year, it's always the first Wednesday of the month. And this year that falls on February 1st. Um, so you got a few weeks before the signing. And not that it really impacts him as a transfer, but obviously as a transfer, if he wants to get in for this semester and practice, he's got it. They got to get this done quick. So I would think if they add a quarterback uh, for spring football, to me, it's Chance Nolan or Bust. Um, I, if there's any other names, I don't know who they are. So. Um, you know, we'll see what happens there. I think it'd be a nice pickup. Is he, is he, uh, you know, a stud? No, but I think he's a quality quarterback that can run the offense that they want to run. I mean, I think they've really stuck to their guns, what I've heard, and really tried to look for guys who can run and throw. And, you know, what I've seen of him in his highlights, he looks like he can do that. I know at his junior college, he put up really good rushing numbers. Um, so I think he's a guy that would fit with, you know, Walt Bell and Tom Allen are looking for at that position. And, We'll see if they can make it happen. If they do, I think it'd be a nice, a nice pickup. And 
obviously, you know, you only got, you always still only have three guys, but you at least have an experienced guy who's played at a high level and, <clears throat> excuse me, won games against really good competition. Go ahead, TJ. Yeah, on, on Chance Nolan, I mean, Oregon State, um, they run really, really good stuff. I think they're a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Jonathan Smith is, I think, a very, very good coach that's doing a great job there. Uh, one thing they don't ask their quarterbacks to do much is run the ball. Uh, not a lot of design uh, runs for the quarterback. It's not that they'll never do it, but it's not really a part of that offense. Um, I do think that Chance Nolan, based on his junior college stats and based on, uh, you know, what I've seen of him when he does run, I do think he has pretty good speed and would be able to excel a little bit more in an offense that asks that more often of its quarterback. Uh, I mean, outside of, outside of a really one terrible game he had against USC uh, this past season, he was really good for Oregon State. I mean, 2021 completed almost 65% of his passes, uh, almost 2,700 yards, and they went 10 and three uh, as a team. Um, 2022, again, had that one really terrible game against USC with four interceptions. Uh, if he can avoid performances like that, which is a bit of an issue for him, where he'll just have games where he really doesn't have it. Uh, then I think it's a, a pretty good fit and certainly a quality addition. I, I, you know, if you compare him versus Connor Bazelak, talent-wise, I have no idea, but fit-wise, much better fit than what Connor Bazelak was for Walt Bell's offense. So um, I, I think it, it would make a lot of sense if Indiana were able to get that done. Um, now, turning to who they do have, I think the defensive line has improved quite a bit uh, with the additions. They had to get some depth on that, on that side of the ball and at that position group. And I think they've gotten more than just depth. I think Marcus Burris could be a guy that if he can, you know, get in a rhythm and discover the, uh, the pedigree that he had coming out of high school, turn that into some production. That's a great find. I think Andre Carter, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't start right away uh, for Indiana. Um, Philip Blitty, you know, I think he could be in the mix there as well. Those are three guys that I think you're going to see getting playing time right away. Um, Matt, looking at what Indiana currently has brought in, plus the need at quarterback, <clears throat> what else do you see that they might look to, to fill with these last few spots that they've got? Uh, do you think they're going to sit it out for now and wait till after the spring? Or um, do you think that there are some additional guys outside of Rudolph, the linebacker, uh, or positions that they'd like to address? Well, I think, um, yeah, I think they will add some guys. I, I think you could see uh, uh, maybe a couple high school guys um, uh, at the February. I don't know. I know Coach Allen made it sound like that it could be more than in the past, you know, they're up. I think they've got, I have them with seven scholarships. Now that doesn't include yeah. I, uh, CEO. I know tweeted, I had heard CEO was done that he was done playing football, but then he put that tweet out. I think it was like a week or two ago about wanting to play in a bowl game or something like that. So I think that 
maybe he's, you know, a lot of, you, this, this happens a lot where a guy will go through senior ceremony, have a year of eligibility, <clears throat> and then maybe he just gets the itch. He decides, you know what, his body's rested for a month or two, and he realizes I want to play another year. Maybe that's the case with him. And then also Matt Holt, do they put him on scholarship? I would think that obviously there's a pretty strong case to put him on scholarship. So that could take away a couple. Now, obviously, there could always be more attrition. But I think bull is a position. I think you're going to see them take a high school guy at the bull spot and still probably try to add another transfer, maybe after spring football. They're at three right now with Linnell Carr, Miles Jackson, and um, Tadarius Collins. So I think you can see another high school guy there and then another older guy. Um, if you get Rudolph, that gives you, by my count, uh, seven linebackers. Um, you know, maybe if there's another guy out there, I mean, O-line, they're at 14, which isn't awful, but I think, you know, usually I think you probably want to have 16 to 18. So maybe you try to add a couple guys. I would think obviously that'd be probably post spring ball type of deal. Um, you know, and I'm trying, I'm just going over the roster real quick. I mean, for the most part, it's not too bad. Bull definitely needs a spot. Maybe if you can find another DN, um, you know, who can play out there with, cause you got Carter, you got Bo Robbins, who's, you know, he's shown flashes, but nothing consistent. And then probably Vincent Sneed. I mean, Cooper Jones is listed as a DN, but you wonder if he stays there at 6'6", 280. So maybe if you can find a fourth guy at DN, um, you know, maybe you, you can you add somebody there. I think most of the ads, unless they're high school guys, will probably be um, post-spring ball when the portal opens back up again. I wouldn't think you'll see anybody add, see them add anybody here. Um, now, who knows? I, they could completely make me look foolish on that. But I think from here for the next few uh, until post spring ball, I'll probably just be high school guys and or Juco's. Let me real quick. There is a Juco um, bull. His name's Jefferson Adam. I think he's at Hawking College. I never heard of it. It's in Ohio. I think it's up by um, Toledo, maybe. Um, and I know I, I've been to the state park there. Yeah, I've been oh, to okay. the state park there. Hawking Hills, Ohio. Uh, is it by, is it by Toledo? Am I right? Is it by Toledo? Yeah, yeah, it's fairly close to there. My wife and I went for a what we were hoping would be a nice kind of romantic getaway, and it it uh, it was frozen, like <laughs> completely solid. Had a big ice storm. We could barely get to the cabin. A uh, bit of a mess, but but he's nice an interesting place. guy. Otherwise, he's 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 Niger he's from Nigeria, um, and just looking at his pictures, he looks the part. He's like six. He's less well on his. Twitter bio. He says six four. I think two forty five. I could have that wrong. Um, I've messaged with him. I know T Garden's going to see him once they can go back out on the road. Um, I I think there may they may have to make sure academically everything's in order and he's okay. Um, yeah. But he could be he could be a guy. I mean I know he's he's supposed to take a visit to Iowa State this upcoming weekend. So he he's mainly got Ooh. Mac offers, but it looks like some bigger schools are starting to kind of you know uh, find out about him and, and start to um, you know. Uh, you know, recruit him a little bit so he could be a guy but like I said I think it'll be either Juco or high school guys and then post spring ball you know you'll I mean listen you're probably you might lose some guys there may be a guy or two after spring ball is like hey I, I don't want to be here so they'll they'll probably be a few spots open and I think you could see him add some more guys and who knows if they're able to maybe they try to find another quarterback assuming they get Nolan in for spring ball but I think that you know there'll, there'll be some spots you know in early May that they'll be trying to fill and probably with portal guys um uh, yeah if uh, Matt Campbell is sniffing around guys in Ohio they're usually uh you know pretty pretty good he, he's a good evaluator in that state uh and knows the state pretty well 
The other uh, bit of news, Matt, was Rick Bosich coming out and saying that IU has asked Louisville to get out of their three-game series, which I have been asking IU to do since 2015 when it was announced. Um, is there any blame to that? Is that happening? Is it not happening? I just don't see it being eight months away, nine months away from the season starting, how logistically you could get out of that game um, or that series. I, to me, the fans saying they want to play Louisville, look, to me it makes no sense for IU to play this series. Even financially, it'd, it'd be worth whatever the, the buyout is. Uh, for those games, you don't get a home game in the series until 2027. Uh, and if you could get out of it, um, you're potentially adding two more home games, which even if you sell half the tickets, you're going to make that money back. Um, and you could potentially get another win. And, and that that's what it's all about. And that's uh, what I think um, IU's got to focus on is they, they need to get to six wins. It doesn't matter if you're playing – you know, if, if, hey, we want to create a regional rivalry with Louisville or with Cincinnati or bring Kentucky back on the schedule for football, hey, you know, the Big Ten puts IU in such a, a predicament with their nine conference games that you, you really don't need another Power Five game. Say, oh, we got to sell tickets. Look at what the SEC is doing. If you saw Georgia's schedule for 2023, it's a joke how easy it is. I mean, they're going to go 13-0 and again outside of a trip to Tennessee, which is their harder, hardest game. So is it wishful thinking to think IU is going to get out of this series? No, I think there, I think there, is, I think there is some fire to this smoke, and I think that they would like to. Now, I have heard that they're not willing to pay. I mean, I think it's probably – like you said, unrealistic to um, get out of the game uh, this season because I think a lot of teams have their schedule set. You know, you one of the things you can be like, well, they could go go schedule an FCS team. Well, they've already got one on their schedule. And I think is that rule still in place where you can only count, what is it, one? I can't remember what it was, but you used to only count one every so often towards bowl eligibility. Plus, you don't want to play two FCS teams in one season. I mean, I get that. I would have no problem with playing a Louisville or Cincinnati if you were playing eight conference games and you had four non-conference and you could play three games against teams that were, let's be honest, collecting a paycheck to come in and, and, and be a warm-up game for your team. And then you're playing um, a team like Louisville or Cincinnati. I'd have no problem with it. But when you're playing nine games in the Big Ten, and I know the Big Ten East is supposedly going to go away, but let's, for next year they're still in the Big Ten East, it's – it's just, it's asinine. It's the dumbest thing ever. I'm completely agree with you. I, I, people who say we had a guy on our board say they'd, he'd rather watch IU go five and seven and lose to Louisville than play another team and go six, six, go to a bowl game. I, 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 I didn't even get in the argument because I don't even know where you start. I don't know where you start with something like that. Quite honestly, it makes no <laughs> sense. Bowl games, bowl games are important. I don't, there's not too many is, bowl games. Is that because the IU bowl would interrupt his travel for Notre Dame football or his I, IU basketball watching? I don't, I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Um, you know, uh, one of the funnest experience I had, even though they got beat was the Gator bowl going down there. And, and I know we got to hang out and other guys, it, and I, you hear from fans. And I mean, I heard from IU, they, they had people donating money at the bowl game, you know, for a football thing uh it's just so important to go to a bowl game it, it really is i don't care what the i don't care where it is 
I don't care what the bowl game is. I don't care who you're playing. It's a big deal. Those players deserve that extra game. They work really hard all year round and their bodies take a beating. And I'm all for guys getting to play um, in whatever bowl game that their, their team can go to. So I'm with you. I, I don't know if they'll be able to get out of it, especially if they're not willing to pay the exit fee. Although you would think that maybe Louisville would be um, keen, you know, open to it because, you know, they, they could all, they could possibly pick up um, at least one more home game. Um, if you can't get out of the one this year because of how late it is. But I, you know, to me, I, I think it's, I think it's the right move for Indiana. I don't care. Anybody says publicly, I don't care what certain IU basketball Twitter accounts say about what kind of look it is. I mean, it can't be any worse than the look that Indiana basketball has given the last couple of weeks. So, um, you know, or the look, or the look that IU football gives on the field by playing games like this. Like, yeah. I mean, nobody, nobody cares. Like, oh, we went, uh, we went six and six, but man, our, our non-conference schedule was pretty weak. So we didn't, we didn't enjoy that bowl game. Nobody's ever said that about Indiana football. I mean, we're not in a position to gripe about how we get to six wins. We just need to try and get to six wins. That that should be the entire point of the schedule. How do we do our job as an athletic department to get IU football to three and O outside of the big 10? Every non-conference schedule should be set up to get three wins and mean you only have to win three Big Ten games to go to the postseason. That should be the number one goal. If you can consistently do that, then perhaps in the future, you look at building your program with a marquee non-conference game once you're able to start stringing together six and seven win seasons, you can start thinking about that. But as we know, Indiana is not at that level at all i mean and one of the reasons that i'm skeptical that i you would get out of that i fear that they'd replace it with you know some asinine opponent like georgia i like at least we have a potential chance against louisville i you know i doubt indiana is going to be all that competitive against jeff brom because it hasn't gone particularly well against him recently uh, but, you know, first year of a new regime in Louisville, maybe, you know, there's a chance there in, in, in Indianapolis. Um, I just don't know who they'd replace them with at this late stage. And that's even assuming that I use willing to pay uh, a substantial buyout for the football programs, uh, which seems unlikely. Um, and that's, one question I had for you on the the current kind of roster, you know, Indiana taking Christian Turner, uh, you're still, in my opinion, a little short at running back, given the defections from that position. One of those defections being Jalen Lucas, who we believe it's going to be playing more of a slot, maybe a joker type role, uh, move them all around, but not as a running back primarily. So you're left with Christian Turner, Josh Henderson is your primary two. And then is it Holloman and Trent Halvin? Like what, 
do you, you mentioned that that's probably it for the running back position uh, in this cycle. So is that the kind of the four guys and do you get the feeling that they think Holloman might be ready to actually contribute at the running back spot? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, and I probably should have clarified, I shouldn't say they're done. I, I, my sense was that they didn't, weren't going to take another portal, portal running back. I'll be interested to see if they go after, if it was me, I would go after a high school kid. I think you need to bring in a young player at that position, especially if you start using Lucas, you know, he's not primarily a running back anymore. I mean, Holloman and Howland right. are going to be, uh, I think redshirt sophomores. And then the other two guys are basically at the Turner's in his last year. I think Henderson, I'm not saying, I know I listed them as senior. I think he might have two years um, looking at his thing. Cause one year he only played like three games in North Carolina. So I think that qualifies a red shirt, but it, regardless, he's basically at the end of his time too. So I think you need to get a young guy. I mean, it, and maybe you could find a transfer. Maybe there's a guy who's a red shirt freshman or something who, you know, whatever is out there. I haven't really done any research, but I think you need a younger guy who's in that freshman class or maybe Lucas's class, a sophomore who you can, you know, he can kind of be the future. If Lucas is indeed going to be used more as a slot receiver, like you said, kind of a joker gadget guy, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I, I understood them not taking another older guy just because it makes it really top heavy. And that means you got to yeah. You don't. Coaches are real are real big, and sometimes you can't help it. But you want to try to balance it out as much as possible. You know, you know, you don't want to have to go out and get four or five guys at one position in one class. Because let's be honest, I mean, in running back, yeah, you play multiple guys, but only one guy is typically on the field at a time. So somebody's going to get pissed off and probably leave, and then you're just back to where you started. So you kind of like to balance it out. Where you're maybe taking just one or two every every cycle if possible i mean that's mm -hmm. ideal it's not that's not the world we live in obviously but that's what you'd ideally like to do so i i could see them i have, don't have any names i know they recruited a couple high school guys before Darrell, um i think it's Terrell robinson he was committed to boston college i think he might have flipped to somebody else like charlotte or something um and then they were uh, johnny i can't remember his last name out of california um they were recruiting a guy um at Southern California. I can't remember where he went. I would assume there's probably, I mean, down in Georgia or Florida or even Texas, there are probably some running backs some three-star guys who are probably pretty athletic who are still out there. I haven't, like I said, I haven't done the research, but I would think that they would probably look maybe Louisiana. They got some ties there. Maybe there's a, a guy that they like that they, they could bring in. Um, if it was me, I would try to, I don't know if they're going to have a spot, but I'm with you. Hallam and Howland have basically, I mean, I think Howland's carried the ball twice. Uh, or three times against Idaho last year, this past fall. Holloman has not carried it all in running back. He's only done some kick returns. So you basically don't really know what you have there other than what you've seen in practice. And if Lucas is not a full-time running back, you're basically two guys and then a ton of questions. And if one of those guys gets hurt, you're in, you're in trouble. So I, I, I see where you're coming from. And like I said, I would try to get a young guy if it was me, but we'll, we'll see what they do. I, I, I don't have any names right now. The next couple of weeks, I think are going to be kind of interesting to see what Indiana does, um, you know, with that February signing period. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, the third phase of Tom Allen's uh, three phases of recruiting. Uh, Matt, thanks for joining us tonight. As always, thanks for the updates um, and, and the conversation. Uh, TJU as well, thanks for, for coming on and, and co-hosting. That does it for tonight's show. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle. Head back to the site, HoosierHuddle.com. We have all our profiles on the transfers who have come in 
uh, and, and signed for IU as well as we're finished our 2022 um, positional recap. And before you know it, we'll be putting out our, uh, you know, previews for spring practice and, and positional spring practices. And we did check in with Nico uh, Redichick, uh from the All-American Bowl last week. He had a good performance. I uh, had a field goal, two extra points, and an excellent six days of practice. Uh, that interview is up on the site as well now. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, please be sure to uh, click rate, subscribe on uh, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, have a great evening. And, uh, you know, football season, it's a long way off, but we'll have you covered throughout the off season. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.